Good morning, you lovely lot. So just in case you don't know me, my name is Paul. I have the privilege of leading the team that oversees New Life Community Church. When, um, when we have a look at the picture on the uh, projector screen, which you cannot see very clearly, uh, it shows, let me describe to you, <laughs> a road that is lying ahead. And at this point, you, you might be not even to see the road that's lying ahead, but you definitely can't see the road that's lying behind. You can only see really what's in front of you. And this is what vision does. That's its purpose, to draw your attention to the road ahead. It doesn't mean that what has gone before isn't important. Often, actually, reflection and looking back is the very thing that helps create a way forward. It just means that vision is concerned with the destination. And its chief concern is to keep you moving forwards towards it. So today is our first Vision Sunday where we gather as one church family that meets across one, two, three, four locations in Fordham Bridge, Verwood, Wimborne and Downton. I think, I just want to say, isn't it an incredible thing that God has done? And it's been a crazy two years full of change and transition. I think I just want to say on behalf of all the eldership team, well done, everyone. Well done, family. And thank you. So today is all about us coming together on the same road and looking ahead to address this particular question, where do we go from here? So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read from verses 42 through to 44. That's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 uh, to 44. And they, that is the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Lord God, we just want to thank you for your word, and we want to pray that Father, like Like a sharp two-edged sword, it will go right to our hearts this morning and do its business, Father, in bringing about transformation in us, Lord. We want to leave here that little bit different, our vision a little bit more enlarged, our relationship a little bit more closer with you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So we do, of course, carry a vision together as a church family, but Today, I do want to lead in response to what I feel God has been recently depositing on my heart. So I want to say first and foremost that I believe this year will be a year of growth. And I believe God has been dropping this particular phrase into my mind in conversations and prayer life. And the phrase is this, growth in maturity and growth in numeracy. That's growth in maturity and growth in numeracy. 
that God will draw us deeper with him and also literally increase our number. We will grow as a church family. And this is something that God is doing. In one sense, actually, we have very little to bring to the table in this regard, that over the course of the year, he is the one who is going to cause that growth. However, we're going to have our part to play. And And in harmony with what God is doing, I believe there is something that he is intentionally drawing us into, something that we are to give ourselves to. And so what I would like to call us to today, and this is for every single one of us, is I would like to call us to a year of devotion. A year of devotion, particularly to these areas that we discover at the ends of Acts chapter 2. So as one's looking at the road ahead, asking that question, where do we go from here? Let's look at what it is to be church family that is devoted to teaching and one another, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, to the unity of the church and its mission. So Acts 42, Acts 2.42 says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. So in the text, we are joining the early church at a very exciting stage of its life. Before ascending into heaven, Jesus has given this great mission to his disciples who were soon to be known as apostles. They've been given a mission to go and make more disciples of all nations, teaching them what it is to be followers of Jesus. However, before they get on and do the stuff, Jesus calls them to wait to remain in Jerusalem until they have received the help promised from God to enable them to have success. It's here that God gives his gift of the Holy Spirit to empower the apostles and the church for this great task that lays ahead of them. God pours his spirit out, the great helper to the church, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, and men and women in their thousands are added on that day. And I think it's here, in this moment, that God's precious gift The gift of his spirit is powerfully at work in bringing people, God's people, together in devotion to him and one another for the road ahead. You know, God's spirit has been powerfully at work in bringing us, us, New Life Community Church, together for the road ahead. We are his church, amen? We have a great mission to accomplish. It is the same mission as the early church, and it sits beautifully under the global vision of God to have a people under himself, unto himself. It sits under the local vision that we believe God has given us to see lives transformed, to be a church that pioneers and to love and support those who struggle with life's challenges. Let's look a little closer at devotion to teaching and one another then. So this beautiful conjunction... The word and in verse 42 ensures that teaching and fellowship are not divorced from one another. Well, whilst they can happen in isolation, for example, we can listen to a message on a podcast, in the car or on a walk. We can get together with a few guys from church and have a beer or play a bit of football. 
But here in the scriptures, what we see in the work of the Holy Spirit in this pulling together, teaching and fellowship, that best practice is not in isolation, but in harmony. That this devotion to learning occurs primarily in community. The work of the Holy Spirit shows, hey, at its best, teaching and family together is where it's at. The text also shows us what teaching to subscribe to because there are all sorts of teaching available to us today. But here the work of the Holy Spirit draws the church in devotion to the apostles' teaching. The apostles whom Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The ones who learned at the feet of Jesus and the ones from whom we understand that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. As an eldership team, our role is to ensure that good and right teaching is given across the church family that we're entrusted with. And through the work and the pull of the Holy Spirit, we know that at best practice, this is where it's at. When we gather together in devotion, devotion to God and to one another, ready to learn in community and as family. For this reason, I've skipped a page. <laughs> Not for that reason, no. <clears throat> so moving through to the second half of the verse then. So we're looking to how the Holy Spirit draws the church together in devotion to breaking the bread and prayer. So vision, you know, we're concerned with the destination, where the road is going. Here as we look to travel forward together, when it comes to devotion around the breaking of bread, the Holy Spirit is causing us to pause, stop, and look back. Now, I don't know how many of you have done this this year. As you've looked at the year ahead, made some New Year plans or resolutions, how many of you taken the opportunity to reflect on the year that's gone? Think about some of the key headlines, the challenges, breakthroughs, the wins, the losses. I've always kind of liked the um, uh, yearly tradition of Thanksgiving in America. I believe, I think it's like originally related to harvest, their harvest festival, and being thankful for what you have yielded in a crop throughout a season. It's intentionally set in the calendar to stop, pause, and be thankful. And in the Gospels, Jesus charges the apostles to remember him through a tradition of breaking bread and eating of it, of pouring wine and drinking of it. This, of course, was not just meant for the apostles, but a tradition that was to be passed on to all believers until the return of Jesus. A tradition that causes us to stop along the road that we are traveling, look back and remember. Remember that Jesus gave his life. Remember that because of him, death is not the end. To be thankful for the grace and the freedom that we experience because of him. And at times, remembering, it can be quite sobering because we think about the cost, but we are not meant to linger there. Because the context of which Jesus administered this tradition was Passover. And Passover was a traditional meal given by God to the people of God to remember 
to celebrate and celebrate the passing over of God's judgment upon the people in Egypt, where he led them out of slavery and on a journey to the promised land. If that is what Passover does, lends itself to celebration, how much more so should the tradition of bread and wine cause our hearts to burst with thankfulness and joy? For we too have been set free because of Jesus. The judgment of God has passed over us because of him. We too have a promised land that we're heading for, a hope that we are carrying. So whilst our eyes may stop, pause and linger for a moment, remembering the cross moves our focus back to the horizon, to the road ahead with hearts full of joy and flowing because in Christ we're heading towards something better. And so to prayer, The giving of the work of the Holy Spirit binds the early church together in devotion to prayer. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. That's Hebrews 4.16. The gateway to God has been opened through the work of Jesus. And it allows the church to come before God, not in an egotistical confidence, but with the confidence that a son or a daughter should have when they approach their father. Through Jesus, God becomes our Father. And he is a Father who is all ready to hear and receive the requests of his children. He is a Father who does not remain silent, but assures that he spoke the world into existence. He still speaks today. And so the work of the Holy Spirit draws us and moves us into the place of prayer, the place of intimacy with God. And again, whilst there are merits to doing this in isolation, at its best it would seem that the pleasure and delight of God is caught up with his people praying in community, praying in family, praying together. As the scriptures say, for where there are two or three gathered together, as my followers, I am there among them. And the context for that verse is prayer. And so these these are things that we want to be intentional about. These things that we make room for, the things that the Holy Spirit pulled the early church together in devotion to, the same thing that the Holy Spirit binds us together for today. Remembering and celebrating the tradition that Jesus gave us and gathering together to give ourselves in prayer. And these are the things that we've built into the fabric of our rhythms together as a church family. We take bread and wine together once a month. We pray in person. We pray online. We pray before every meeting. And of course, these practices, they pour out into life groups and other contexts where the church gathers, whether there are two or three or whether there is 150. Let this be a great year of devotion. A road ahead filled with these things the Holy Spirit pulls us together for. And finally, and all who believed were together. And had all things in common. Or as the NLTs translates this, shared everything they had. Now if we took the opportunity to look back where we came from as a church family, we might see actually at this stage several roads behind us. Running from different directions that have brought us here to this one highway. You know, God gave us a prophetic word about not being a single country road but a four-lane highway. And here we are now on the same road together, one church family, four lanes, Verwood, Downton, Wimborne, Fordham Bridge, 
all looking to this one road ahead. It's how the Holy Spirit has brought us together. It's a very simple thing, but it's quite an extraordinary work of God. The early church were together. They were together. They were all in for what God was doing among them. And there was awe, and there was miracles, and there was wonders, and they shared amongst one another everything they had. It's, kinda, it's very difficult to manufacture that stuff. I know I, you can't get away from me preaching not having some sort of football illustration chucked in there. I'm sorry, it's got to happen. So I remember Manchester United team in the 1990s. Now, I'm just going to say this, right? Alex Ferguson, he's a great manager. But the team that came together for those seasons was more than just his ability to create a winning team. Something very organic happened amidst the manager's influence. It just came together. And the reason why you know that came to be true is that clubs all over the world are trying to create that type of winning team all the time. And yet it has been seen that even with the best club, with the best infrastructure, with the best budget, with the best manager, the best players, the best training conditions, whilst that may go a long way, it doesn't necessarily equal that special something. There are other factors in making a team special that you just can't control. And here in this moment of the early church, God breathes something fresh into his people through his spirit. He binds them together in a devotion that cannot be manufactured. It causes them to behave toward one another in a way that they had never done before with this all-in attitude for God, this commitment to his ways and lavish generosity towards one another. It says of the church in chapter 4, verse 32, those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that of any of the things that belonged to him was his own. Bound together by the Holy Spirit, unified in heart and soul, counting nothing as their own. You know, as an eldership team, you know, who, who desire to be good stewards of the church family we've been entrusted with, we will seek to build a good infrastructure, create a good family culture, aim to deliver the best with the budget with what we have, to assign the right people into positions of responsibilities, to provide the conditions, good conditions we need to learn, to train, to develop, and to host. But what really makes this all special, what really makes the difference, is what God has done through his Holy Spirit in bringing us all together, unified with an all-in devotion to traveling this road ahead. We carry a vision together to see lives transformed, to be a pioneering church, to love those who are struggling with life's challenges. We're on a mission together to make disciples of all nations, seeing them through that journey from taking that one step to follow Jesus all the way through to an ongoing, mature understanding and relationship with him. God will cause the growth, growth in maturity and growth in numeracy, we should be expectant of that this year. I, on behalf of the eldership team, would like to call us to a year of devotion. Devotion to good teaching. Devotion to one another. Devotion to the breaking of bread. Devotion to prayer. Devotion to unity. Devotion to one another and mission. Unity and mission. God has bound us together by his Holy Spirit 
to travel this one road ahead. <clears throat> Joe and I, um, has anyone been to the railway inn, in pub in Ringwood at all? <laughs> I was just going to say this now. We went there to get burgers because you don't, get, you don't not go there to get burgers, okay? And if you haven't been there and you like burgers, you need to go there. Yeah. I'm just going to say that right now. You need, I highly recommend, I don't work for them. I have not been sponsored. Today's morning service is not sponsored by the Railway Inn, but I do highly recommend it as a place to go and get a great burger. Well, whilst we were waiting for the food, Joe grabbed like a couple of jigsaw puzzles for us to attempt a bit of, and I say this, family fun. <laughs> the first puzzle was quick to be found as highly annoying for most of us apart from my wife. It was like a 500-piece puzzle of penguins. Uh, many, many penguins, all facing a similar direction and all designed beautifully to increase tension amongst family members. <laughs> the second was actually a much nicer uh, Disney princess puzzle, which we were so committed to that we took time after food to finish that one off. It's just reminded me, really, of another picture that's been floating around my mind recently. I don't know how you personally approach jigsaw puzzles, but I tend to look for the corners first and then build around the edges before filling in the middle. Once those corners are in place. You know, it's a rare thing in the scriptures when God gives all the detail to what he's doing. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I've been fully known. When God calls Abraham to leave his country, Abraham has no idea at that point where he's going. He just goes as God calls him. When Jesus called Peter and Andrew to follow him, they just left their opportunity for income right there and then. No idea what would happen next. The detail comes, the picture gets filled as they step out in faith. I see Wimborne, Downton, Fordingbridge, and Burwood as those four corners of the jigsaw puzzle. I do believe this is what God has done. I am very excited to see the picture that God is creating with us all and for all those who will be added to this church family down the line. I do believe God is leading us into understanding some of that detail. But there's still a whole lot that's to come yet. And that we don't have to really worry about that, and that's for the road ahead. However, for now, I would, as part of our time together this morning, and out the back of our back of that call to devotion, I want to share some of the detail we're seeing and some of the actions that we're taking in faithful response. Starting with uh, the eldership team. I think it was uh, probably almost three years ago, I think we were giving a picture of a team of cyclists racing around a velodrome. Uh, typically, a team event will consist of a maximum of four cyclists. Okay? But in this picture, given to us, there was a team of six. And as we considered that picture as a team, we felt it related to us. We thought it was directly about us as an eldership team. And at the time, we were a team of four, and we took that as direction from our Heavenly Father to be intentional about increasing our eldership team to six. 
So let me share with that in mind that we are absolutely delighted to share that we're inviting John Stevens from our Verwood site and Carl Greenman from our Wimborne site to begin exploring eldership with us. And this means that over the course of the year, we will be intentionally drawing these guys alongside us as an eldership team. So at times, you'll see them experiencing eldership responsibility, all with the intention of looking for the grace of God at work in them for this role. We'll also invite the apostolic team to help in this process, okay? And we'll also invite you as a church family as well to help us. And these guys, help us and them explore what we believe to be a significant role for the local church. So let me encourage you to be a blessing to them. We'd also like to say that if you have any encouragement about these guys, come let us know. And if you have any concerns about these guys, come let us know as well. We wouldn't be at this place if we didn't think God was at work in these guys for this role. And the season's ahead, and yet still your input actually will play an important part in helping us journey with him. So that's a very intentional step from us as an eldership team across the whole of the year. It doesn't mean at the end of the day that these guys will be there, but our hope is that will be the case. And we'll see what God does. And on the last note, and if you're thinking, I don't really know them, <laughs> let me just point them out to you. So I'm going to get really... John, you're going to have to do the moment. John and Helen, I'm going to, where are you guys? They're really... Please stand, do that, okay? <clears throat> Introduce you to John and Helen. Yes, you can take a seat. Thanks. It's, I don't think Carl's here, is he? It'll come up in his appraisal, don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but find out... <laughs> now that you know who they are, go and introduce yourself to them. Say hey. Find out what they like. Find out what food they like. Invite them around for dinner. Okay. And have some fun with them. You know, they're great guys, and we're hoping, we're, we're full of expect, expectation for their journey. Um, trustees. Okay, we've also had it on our hearts to increase our trustee team. When it comes to these appointments, uh, I do want to stress, actually, to us that we're looking for a right mix of good character and gifting. And so I'm delighted to announce that, as Helen's away, I won't get you to stand up, Helen, again, again, but Helen Stevens from our Verwood site will be joining the trustee team. Not only is she of good character, but she also brings a whole lot of gifting and experience to the table, which will help us in the seasons ahead. And we're hoping for another further addition. We'll, we'll keep you posted on that one, okay? Site leads as well. So moving on a, uh, onto a little bit of site development. So we're looking at those next important steps for Downton, and one of those is the appointment of a site lead. And with that in mind, it's my absolute pleasure to announce that the lovely Michael and Karen Kinston. Hey! Yes, stand. Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> we'll be taking on the site lead role for Downton, okay? So Michael is currently serving NLCC as an intern while studying at Moreland's Bible College. Michael and Karen both conveniently both live in Downton very helpful, and their hearts for the growth of God's church in that place. We're excited to see how they're going to get on. And as Tom's already alluded to with our meeting in the Trinity School, I don't want to share that because I think that's exciting news as well. Further site moving venue from the Verwood Memorial Hall into Trinity School. Woohoo! 
we've really been blessed with a clear, open-door relationship with school. We've already had, just literally had a meeting with the headmaster and the, and the administrator there, and it's such a fruitful thing. feels like a wide-open door for partnership in that place. So we're really excited. Um, and their first Sunday meeting is on the 25th of February, so you can be praying for them and be excited for them as well. And if you're not, on the, you know, not serving on that day, then go be with be with the Verb family as they launch on that day. Um, and I just want a couple of little heads up moments. Okay, Easter Sunday baptisms and September evangelism I've got here. So last couple of things. We have Guy Miller who leads the Commission Family Churches we connect to. He's coming to preach at our next One Church Sunday, which is on Easter Sunday, which will also be a day we're taking to do baptisms. Yay! So if that's you and you have not been fully fledged, <laughs> not being baptized. Genuinely, if, if you want to explore getting baptized, please do come see me and any elders after the service. And moving forward a little bit, we can actually see just a little bit down the road into a season in investing in being a church of good news. So we're going to be looking at what it is to be intentional with our faith, with our neighbors, when it comes to removing some of those stigmas and those things that sometimes shrink our confidence when it comes to being witnesses for Jesus. And we want to really help the church be equipped to be outward looking. And we are hoping to give that focus from September onwards as we look to what it is to be a church that is loving people towards Jesus. So, as we look to conclude, as we begin to look at that road ahead together, I think we can be very excited about what God is doing. Some of that detail is starting to be filled in, but there is much more to come. And we at the moment are only seeing a glimpse of what God is going to do. So let me invite the worship team, and if you're able to, let me invite you to stand as a church family. Now, as we come back to this place of response and worship as a church family, you know, we do have much to be thankful for, much to celebrate. And I do want us to be conscious about what God might additionally be saying to us during this time together. I know that God has already been speaking, a few prophetic words are already being shared, and we're going to give room for some of those words to be shared as we spend some more time in worship. God may even be stirring our hearts now, so we just, you know, if you feel that God is stirring your heart, whether it, go find Tom, see if we can find, if it feels appropriate to fit it in this morning, we will want to do that. I want to come back to that question, though. Where do we go from here? God is going to cause the growth in maturity and numeracy, but I want to call us, on behalf of the eldership team, to a year of devotion because I believe the Holy Spirit is binding us together for a mighty mission to fulfill a precious vision. And we have all hardly seen really the full picture of what God is going to do, and yet it calls for us now to be all in. All in with heart, soul, and practice. Devotion to God and to one another in teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, prayer, unity, and mission. Not holding back and bringing ourselves 
in worship through our attitude, our service, our gifting, our finance, our hands, our hearts. So let's come together in response. Let's honor him for all that he's done. Let's look for what he is building ahead and look how we can build and fit in with what he's doing. Let's be expectant as one to abound together in the Holy Spirit for the road ahead. And we just want to say thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who is building his church. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just help us and you will find us as a family to be faithful in all that you've asked us to accomplish. We want to say our hearts are full, our joy is flowing. Because you have won us to yourself and caught us up to the wonderful story that you are going to accomplish. Whilst we might at one moment take a look back to linger, all that does is point us to the head to the hope that we have in you. And we're so grateful to you, Lord, for all that you've done and all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.